Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at BurnOrangeNation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, all of the major places where you can find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and I connect with us on social media at LonghornPod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com, and you can find us on Facebook, the Longhorn Republic. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who has yet to correct me that the proper grammar is Kyle and me. Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I got nothing. Uh, is that, am I, am I that out of tune? What am I missing? Every week in the intro, I say Kyle and I instead of Kyle and me, and it should be Kyle and me. And I'm upset that you've never corrected me. You know, Gerald, I just uh, I thought it was a uh, I thought it was a you just see this as as a Gerald show and you tack me on the end so you know grammar grammar be damned um, no it's it's I get it you know but twenty three and me has really really taken over the and me so I, I just you know I understand we want to be different I guarantee you I'm going to I'm not going to fix it because I've been doing it now for I think we're pushing on one hundred and fifty episodes Dang. and so like I'm not I'm, it's not going to change it's just a thing that's happened so it's going to be Kyle and I forever there's a there's an English teacher that is uh, screaming in their car every every Tuesday and every Thursday they kind of want to kill me but that's okay I hope some of our high school English teachers do listen to this show but I also hope that anyone affiliated with 23andMe, a wonderful DNA genetic testing and analysis show, is listening and wants us to advertise on this podcast, because we do a a podcast, Gerald and me, Kyle and me, 23andMe. Uh, I still need to get some Fuddruckers and me going, but that's just a whole nother conversation. Man, we have... um... You know what? We've checked the DNA, and Texas men's basketball is 100% not that one. So... We're going to talk to men's basketball on the other side. We did do a DNA test and the women are hundred percent. They're really real. They are on a win streak. We've got some down the 40 for you. And then we will bang the drum. So let's just get this out of the way. First, Kyle, Texas, Matt men's basketball lost again. Getting tired of saying that 69 to 67 to LSU in the Big 12 SEC Championship. Texas was down 16 with five minutes left to go in the second half. Went on a massive 22-4 run over the next 10 minutes to take a two-point lead. But LSU scored six th- straight in the final minutes of the game and then managed to win the free throw contest to end the game. There was some hope, but as I have learned since Shaka Smart got to campus, Texas men's basketball is going to punish me for having hope. Gerald. Do you really not see it? It's very obvious to the trained eye, to the learned basketball scholar. Can't how can you be back to back NIT champions if you're not in the NIT in back to back years? They're clearly just tanking a little so that when they go on their run to get hot, which will translate to the real tournament, they won't get bumped up to the you know the 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 NCAA tournament, which is so mainstream. So Hollywood, they're more just about the grit, the love of the game, the uh, the Euro rules on the uh, on the paint. Um, you know, this is this is uh, the NBA three. This is this is this is an NIT team with that kind of kind of grit all over it, Gerald. So just you know, have some faith. 
they know what they're doing. Do they? No, no, they don't. That's terrible. It's so bad. Like, it's, I don't even want to watch these teams. The only reason I like watching this team right now is because Jericho Sims is quietly turning into, like, the next in a very probable NBA uh, assembly line of big men. And, and I think, you know, at the end of last year, and as bad as this team has been, you may have not really assumed that. But he's actually been the best player on the team, or at least the most consistent. Um, he's, he's, he's playing well. I'll give him that. And he has a lot to do because his guards just decide that, they don't want to feed him. He's shooting like, I don't know, I'd have to look it up, but it's got to be over 70%. Just when he gets the ball, he scores. It's great. He grabs rebounds. He does good stuff, plays pretty good defense. Um, you know, he's the only player on this team right now that I feel has a uh, has the consistency to show they can play at the next level. Even though there's talent in, in, in many of these other players, the ability to string it together, not only in multiple weeks, in multiple you know, halves of basketball um, has has been elusive. Uh, I will say um, Andrew Jones, pretty good, tied a career high with 20 points. I do like watching Andrew Jones do well. He played a lot of ISO ball, but, I mean, hey, if you're the only guy who can make the ball go through the, uh, the iron hoop ring, as I believe they call it, uh, go ahead and do it. But, yeah, 20 points led the team. Matt Coleman, 17, pretty well. But, uh, again, um, I just... I was disappointed, Gerald. Um, I don't know. You want me to keep going about things that were good, that were bad? Do you actually want analysis here? It's the same song, just a different verse. The the offense is good in spots, but then they'll just disappear for several minutes, and that's that's the key to the game. That five-minute stretch in the second half – that's the key to the game. Like they, they outscored, like they proved on the court that they're, that they have at least as much talent as LSU. And then the last like five minutes of the second half, they just, they couldn't throw a ball in the ocean. Like they, they could have pulled five people out of the stands that maybe would have made more shots than Texas did on offense. in that, in that closing few moments of the game. And so I just don't like, I've wanted, I want Shaka to succeed, but Shaka is not going to succeed. Yeah. And I think that's where we're at. I, I, and sometimes, like I, I, I've been a Shaka defender, not necessarily a defender of him, but a defender of like, giving him the time. And I, and I think the time has happened, right? So there's some people who saw a little havoc. They saw the press, um, and they thought, "Wow, you know, this could be our identity because we're a, uh, uh, you know, a marginal D1 team who snuck into a tournament and had a Cinderella run." And that's not what we should be. But um, the problem is, we're really bad at it. It worked a little against LSU, um, but for most of the season when we tried to press, we're like in the bottom quartile uh, in successful presses according to Synergy Sports. So not great. Um, also, you know what the press doesn't help with? doesn't help with defensive rebounding because LSU, actually an improvement, grabbed 52% of the offensive rebound opportunities, which is a lot, guys. That's a big, 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 big number. Um, but it is 4% lower than West Virginia, if you recall that game where we were actually murdered. Um, and, and hey, like if you're looking for a silver lining, the team came off one of their worst losses in years and just a demoralizing victory where they didn't look like they were in the same league. It looked like, you know, that I like the English uh, have an FA Cup where a team from like the eighth division can get drawn against the first division. Um, and it just, you know, can look like they're playing two different sports or, or adults versus kids. Um, and that's how West Virginia looked. And hey, at least they fought back and didn't roll over and die when they got down big against LSU. Um, but they, if they're going to rebound like that, they're going to lose a lot of games the rest of the year. They're not going to win very many. 
Yeah, and I don't see them winning very many. In fact, Texas is favored to win just one of its next six contests. So this could get really, really ugly. So they've got TCU next up and then Iowa State before they get another shot, I believe, at the Kansas Jayhawks. But let's move on to less depressing basketball, Kyle. The women have extended their win streak to four games, beating Oklahoma State on the road, 61-56. to They actually mounted a comeback and put together some offense, trailed by six, with six minutes left to go, closed out the game on a 10-0-1 run to take the win. This is... This is what we expected from the women's basketball team last year, Kyle. This is what we wanted and thought they would be, and then they got hit by some injuries. Uh, But they look like they're probably one of the best teams in the conference. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic to watch a team that that gets actual victories and not just occasional moral ones. Um, They they were down, and they battled back, and they are going to ride a high all the way into Norman when this podcast drops on... Tuesday, um, they will be playing in Norman um, against Oklahoma, and they could do a back-to-back run of the state of Oklahoma. But, yeah, I mean, you, you saw a lot of the the usual suspects, but the nice thing about this team is you're seeing more usual suspects. They are really rounding out into a, a pretty good three to five deep team, and that's what you need come tournament time in case Charlie Collier, kind of their, their I would say, probably their best player this season, um, is off. She wasn't in this game. She had 14 and just missed her, her umpteenth double double with 14 and nine um you know but you get celeste taylor in double digits shook sutton i mean it's uh it's a team that hey it got down to it there was a few minutes left they needed to make the comeback and they did that's the thing that we miss some of our other sports is uh oh hey nice try no they did it and then they won the game that's pretty cool gerald it's incredible to see what a team that's responding to its coach and a team that can put together a cohesive offensive game plan can do, especially with the level of talent that you can attract at the University of Texas. It's just incredible. And so I I am, it's just, it, it feels bad juxtaposing these two basketball teams that are going in opposite directions where the, the men's team is, is kind of on a downturn and the women's team is finding its footing with some really, really incredibly talented players. The, the one reason that you can um, go ahead and, and literally juxtapose them is because Karen Aston, while she's paid well and deservedly so, makes you know however many millions of dollars less than Shaka's ultimately going to make uh, in his buyout, his you know fifteen million dollar um, you know luggage suitcase he takes with him out of town, um, and, and that's kind of terrible, right? Like she's she's crushing it, so um, I don't think necessarily she should make fifteen million, but you know neither should neither should Shaka. If he's a real man, he will donate that to a charity of of our choice on this podcast uh, for the greater Austin area. But you know. Neither here nor there. Let's keep talking about the women because they are uh, they're doing well. I like talking about teams that do well. Um, we don't get to do it all the time, but they uh, they currently are sitting um, tied for second um, with TCU uh, in the in the Big Twelve standings, behind of course number two Baylor, who isn't behind many people at all this year. But they will get a chance. They'll get a chance to uh, take a crack at them. Um, they're doing pretty well. Um, in the overall Big 12, I think they're like fourth in, in points for and third in points against. So they're right in kind of the sweet spot um, of where you want to be um, to make a run. If they can, you know, just what a lot of those stats tell me is there's going to be a lot of close games. A couple of them haven't gone their way early in the season, but it looks like the balls are starting to bounce a little bit uh, the burnt orange direction. 
I'm fine with them being second behind a Kim Mulkey coach team. Because as long as Kim Mulkey is in Waco, I don't anticipate there being any basketball team in the state of Texas or really in the southern two-thirds of the United States that can challenge them. Kim Mulkey is probably one of the best basketball coaches that's going in college sports right now. Not on, not like, not just women's, but regardless of your gender, I think she's probably one of the best, probably best five coaches going in college basketball right now. So the Texas women take on Oklahoma, like Kyle said, in Norman, the day you're listening to this on Tuesday. So you can check that out if you'd like to. It's going to be uh, on Fox Sports Oklahoma. So if you get Fox Sports Oklahoma Friday, they're going to get their shot at the Baylor Bears. That'll be on FS1 at 6 p.m. A little light Friday night for you. And then they'll take on Texas Tech at home on Sunday. But let's stick with sports that make you feel good. And let's give some shine to the sports that don't necessarily get as much love as they should. And we down the 40. So, number one, men's tennis. Doing big things. They sweep Indiana and number 21, FSU, to extend their win streak. Texas, in both matches, didn't actually have to play all of the matches scheduled to secure the victory. And secure the bag. They are uh, they're looking fantastic, Gerald. They clearly are two of the best teams if not you know i'd love to see competing ones and then we have the ultimate national champion of national champions where the men play the women in true uh billy was it billy joe who's bobby fish no no bobby fisher billy jean king that was terrible lapse of, of my old brain uh billy jean king where the uh, the Tarates take on uh the uh the the yuya itos uh, of the world i think that's what people tuned in for for the first truly prime time tennis super bowl I'm fine with that. And that the wins actually uh, keep Texas in that top spot. Texas actually advances to the ITA Indoor Nationals for the third straight year, just solidifying their spot at the top of the country. Not far behind number seven women's tennis swept Iowa and LSU. Get out of here, Tigers, to take their half of the ITA kickoff weekend. Uh, the Tarotis. Clinched the doubles point, shocking. And then again, Texas didn't have to finish its singles matches. Uh, but we're up 1-0, one, one, one match to none uh, in both of those that were called when, uh, when the matches ended. You know, it's uh, it's always tough. When you get out there, you get all limbered up, loosened up. You know, you're playing a good opponent, and uh, and then you don't even get to finish. You know, you get up 1-0, and they call it because your whole team has beaten the other team. So we all know the sport this year, the two sports this year that that Texas wanted to win and actually tried to win and that's women's tennis and men's baseball and we won those two so you know Tigers get out our mentions just do it that the guy that was in our mentions like the the straw men and the bad faith arguments were just absolutely incredible uh number four Men's and women's track and field, they actually uh, completed their first split competition weekend. Uh, the, the women won five individual events, one relay, and broke three school records in their uh, in their effort. So you got uh, Micaiah Harris and Catherine Gillespie took the first two school records on Friday. You've got Julian Alfred, who uh, took a record in the 60-meter dash, uh, the third one of the weekend. Uh, sophomore sprinter Kennedy Simon won the 400-meter dash in her event, running a 52.7-second 400. Kyle, 
I don't know if I could run a 200 in that mark, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> and then Elena Bruckner, uh, she a shot putter. Um, she won the competition by more than five feet. She threw the shot put farther than my wife distance between the next person. Like that's ridiculous. I thought you were going to say friend of the pod Mario, but yeah, yeah. Your wife for sure. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't listen. He'll never know. Um, yeah. That's good. I like uh, I like a good dominant track team. Texas has quietly been one of the better both men's and women's uh, shot putting schools in the country here lately. So I'm um, starting to starting to see the the effects of hiring a really good coach, letting him get in there and do his things, and hopefully this uh, success continues. Moving on to the diamond. This is a really cool stat. So uh, 30 members of the Texas baseball team posted a 3-0 or better in the fall semester. David Pierce uh, kind of made that their one of their mantras, their kind of academic mantra. And so 30 guys answered the call, which is just absolutely incredible. And then Texas announced the alumni game is going to take place on February 1st. Some names that you probably recognize on those rosters. Oh, yeah, for sure, including a couple Clemens is uh, Trace Barrera and a world champion, Washington Nationals Trace Barrera. Um, new uh, Blair Henley coming back, so you like to see that. Um, a lot of a lot of names that, that should ring out. I think 12 or 13 players are coming back total, which is a cool tradition that they do. But I do want to go back real quick, Gerald. You said the 30 players making the 3-0, which is just awesome. It's a very, very cool stat. Um, but did you see the overall total of athletes that made the uh, the big 12 commissioners honor roll posting that 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 uh, 3.0 um across all ut sports i did not 319 like that's amazing football at 42 um rowing crushed it with 56 um there's a lot of rowers uh but uh track and field at 29 swimming and diving at 29 women swimming and diving at 21 so a lot of schools that um put up a lot baseball just had the you know that maybe the highest percentage i didn't do the math of overall you know people on the roster versus it but really crushed it but 319 man that's like a I'm going to take a second to applaud. I know Rice Band made fun of our football team GPA last season. Uh, I just, I, I want to applaud the fact that they take the, the student part of the student athlete very seriously. And for most of the folks who listen to this podcast, except you, Colt, I know, thanks for listening, Mr. McCoy. Um, but listeners uh, who, who went to UT went as students. And uh, the fact that these uh, student athletes are making both of those terms true and taking advantage of a world-class education just means a lot. I know to, to all of us uh, who, who keep an eye on these programs, it means a lot. Um, so congratulations to all 319 of the student athletes who who met that requirement this year. I mean, take advantage of the free schooling at one of the best academic institutions in the country. Like it's, it makes the most sense. Now, this is normally where we talk about sports other than football, but there are a couple of football things we got to talk about as well. So some sad news out of uh, spring practice, and I guess they're doing spring conditioning that started this this week. Um, Dele uh, Adeoye, I always say his name wrong, is going to miss the spring with a foot injury. He's expected to be back for fall camp, but he's a guy that they're looking to get quite a bit of play next year. Uh, Colin Johnson and Devin DuVernay participated in the senior bowl. They got some praise uh, in the practices. Colin Johnson, there's, there's video of him just doing people up 
running some routes, which is just absolutely incredible. I think that guy is still falling to the ground. He may still be uh, on the floor there, but he got a lot of praise for his ability, his route running ability, which is something that a lot of people criticized him for on his four years on campus. He uh, had a couple of solid passes and then Duvernay, um, some random draft analyst questioned both his athleticism and his hands. And he got rightfully drugged, including by our Twitter feed. Cause that's just just watch some tape, bro. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, bro. If you're not hashtag grinding tape, well, you can't call yourself an analyst. And that's again, like, it's not super super hard when you look at the guy with I think he finished with the second or third most receptions in the country, and you scroll over on that stats page to drops and has the lowest number uh, in the country of anyone in that echelon. It's it's not real hard to to just take nine seconds and validate your take. But I do want to go back to your Colin Donson. You said some people criticize his route running. Gerald, was there a podcast where we praised his route running, maybe called him the best comeback route runner in the country? Any podcast you can think of? I mean, we've we've said that on several several podcasts. Ah, yeah. That's that's right. So so you and I, yet again, listeners, if if you have other podcasts in your feed, just delete them. Everything you need, all the goods, they're right here. Uh, but no, it, it was uh, it was fun. It, it will make draft day uh, exciting. We'll get uh, we'll get the draft analysts on here to talk about the prospects as we get closer to draft day. But uh, Senior Bowl was fun. Absolutely. So speaking of random football that I love, the XFL finalized their season rosters and some names you'll recognize. Uh, Gerard Hurd is going to be playing for Bob Stoops in Dallas. Patrick Vahe, friend of the show, and Cedric Reed are in L.A. And Kent Perkins made the roster for St. Louis. So getting some more professional football from the Longhorns and then Texas added a couple of spots on its non-conference schedule. Uh, 2022, they're going to take on ULM, University of Louisiana, Monroe. They're going to take on Wyoming in 2023. And then finally, somehow, they haven't played since, like, what, 1935. Uh, Texas State. Now, Texas State was a women's college, I think, in 1935. So in 2026, they're going to take on uh, Texas State in their non-conference. No shade to the Bobcats, but this 26 is an interesting schedule because they're playing UTSA and Texas State. If they can just add North Texas, they can truly call themselves the overlords of the interstate because uh, they'll they'll take all of I-35. I don't know that that's necessarily a question right now, but at least then we can confirm. Absolutely. So we'll find out. You know, I just want, I want it to work out where Texas can play all of the schools in the state and just declare themselves the kings of Texas. Hashtag, we run the state. So now's the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum, brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? Well, um, in a bit of somber news, I, I think most people at this point have heard the news, read some articles, seen, seen what's going on, but uh, NBA legend Kobe Bryant uh, and and his daughter um, passed away in a helicopter crash. They released all the names uh, of all nine people on board, and you know we can take a second to talk truly about the Kobe legacy and in the formula, kind of our formative years, watching him be just a an otherworldly player and competitor, and specifically coming against our team and doing so. But uh, the thing I wanted to talk about with kind of a, a Longhorn. Um, Flavor was one of the uh, one of the folks who passed away in that crash had a had a Texas connection in multiple ways, but he transferred and played two seasons at U of H where he was a captain, um, and uh, in 
went on to coach uh, for for many years. Uh, he's coached at Orange Coach, uh, excuse me, Orange Coast uh, College. But that's John Altobelli, and I don't want to leave out either his wife and daughter. Um, we're also among so three Altobellis, but uh, we're we're amongst the um, those deceased in the crash. But but the 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 part that really ties it in and was really sad. David Pierce uh, released a statement, and I had no idea. Um, he uh, he was college roommates uh, with him, and he said, uh, we were roommates in college and have had the best relationship two old guys on opposite sides of the country could have. We've seen each other's family grow uh, and lives change for 35 years. He was so proud of his children, JJ, Lexi, and Alessa. They were his world. Uh, he said he saw him earlier this month when he accepted a National Coach of the Year award, and I know um, that he was actually... Uh, going with his daughter, who played on Kobe Bryant's team, to that game was why they were in that helicopter. So it's just a um, it's a heartbreaking tragedy. Each of those nine people has a story or a story that wasn't finished being told, and uh, always sad. It's it's you know not necessarily a sports story. There just happened to be a couple sports adjacent, but it's a human story. It's a story about um, life, and um, you know I I think it's just important when these things happen these kind of foundational and we all deal with these in our own life but there's something about the um the celebrity death because a a player like a kobe bryant seemed so much larger than than life sometimes when that happens it can shake us uh, a little bit at our core that life is indeed fragile and uh we are at the end of the day all human so just take a moment to, to remember that to hug those who mean a lot to you if you have kids you know reach down and just give them a hug um but there was another sports figure who hosts a podcast that i love uh men in blazers and 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 um raj is a, is a is a fan of poetry and there's a poem he quotes often and he quoted in this case and i think it's perfect it's from the poet philip larkin and it, it it closes with the words um the first day after a death the new absence is always the same we should be careful of each other. We should be kind while there is still time. Man, that is, uh, whew, that's tough. I, uh, I'm still like in, in shock and disbelief that like this, this whole situation there, I mean, there are multiple families that are shattered through this. And so, uh, yes, we do want to pray for, for Vanessa and, and, and Kobe's surviving parents. So there are other, there are other families that are also impacted by this. So if you're, if you're the praying type, send up a word for all the families that have been, um, just irreparably changed and broken through this losing, losing parents, losing spouses, losing, uh, children. My gosh, I, I just literally held my son and cried yesterday. Like there's no two ways around that. Um, it's just crazy to think about. And, and so man, it just send that text, hug that person, tell me, love them. Like there's life is, uh, life is too, too short. Uh, it's hard to follow that, but I'm, I'm trying to bring the mood up a little bit. I'm banging the drum on uh, Texas wide receiver coach, Andre Coleman and his social media presence. So, um, Texas tweeted out a video of coach Coleman in the super bowl, 
returning a kick for a touchdown, which is something that we need to see Texas players doing more often. Uh, but he's he has already increased the social media presence from the wide receivers coach. He's already got his own hashtag, hashtag be a bowl, which I love. He posted um, a great, nice, like nature shot. I look like a lake that he was going to do some fishing on. So I'm just loving what Coleman's bringing to the staff and in the attitudes of some of these coaches. Uh, Jay Valai is another guy who is just very, very hype on social media, and I love seeing it. So uh, if you're if you're not following the new coaching staff, you're missing out on getting to know them uh, on a personal level. Well, that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook em. Hook em. Love you all.